wondered how taboo, shame, and lack of good sexual education have stripped away elements of pleasure in childbirth and parenting that are essential to loving, intimate relationships, join me for another episode of Orgasmic Birth Podcast, Pleasure in Pregnancy, Birth, and Parenting, as we break down and heal barriers and open the door to more love and intimacy in birth and life. It's often said you birth the way you live, and that is why I suggest to prepare for birth to have a daily pleasure practice and to join us to positively prepare for birth. There are many life skills that help you prepare for a gentle birth. Yoga, breathwork, meditation, mantras, relaxation, and our guest today will share her two powerful home birth stories and how she prepared and experienced the initiatory power of birth. Hi, I'm Deborah Pascali Bonaro, founder and director of Orgasmic Birth and host of the Orgasmic Birth Podcast. My guest today is Dawn Leonard. Dawn has been on a path of healing her womb space, her physical uterus, and the energetics of the sacred chakra for over 10 years. It began with fertility and has led her through pregnancy, birth, loss, menstruation, ceremony, energy healing, and the initiatory experiences built into the body of a woman or a person with a uterus. Now as a woman's wellness educator, she cares deeply about leading people with the uterus into understanding and positive relationships with their feminine cyclical nature. Through her work as a perinatal yoga teacher, childbirth educator, and energy healer, she is creating a community of people who are growing into positive, balanced relationships with their bodies and each other. And I remember, Dawn, first reading your two birth stories that are posted on our Orgasmic Birth blog and seeing you in labor and birth, your beautiful photos and stories just truly filled me with tears, with awes, and your insights, the way you expressed your feelings for each of your births, provide such wisdom that I know our listeners will appreciate too. So thank you for joining me today, Dawn. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you for having me. It is such a pleasure. And I know I'm sure everyone listening is as excited as I I am to hear a little bit about your journey with birth. Do you think you could give us an overview of getting pregnant and your first two births? Yeah. Well, my fertility story is always kind of an inspiration, but also sometimes a challenge to talk about. And I've gotten used to sharing the experience, learning what it means to listen to our intuition and to really speak what our truth is. So when my husband and I were trying to get pregnant, we had already been married for, I think, five years. And then we were trying to get pregnant for like a year, a year and a half. And I did all of the things, you know, that that I could do, you know, that before going to the doctor. And then I went to the OB and they're like, yeah, we could do fertility treatments. And I was like, no, I'm not really interested in like hormonal things, drugs, all that kind of stuff. So I went to my Chinese medicine practitioner, my acupuncturist, 
And so through working with her, we did a lot of Chinese herbs and Chinese herbs and acupuncture are amazing and they really support fertility in so many ways. I know a lot of people have gotten pregnant through the process of TCM. Well, so we fixed everything physically in my body, but I still wasn't getting pregnant. And so at this point also, I had already had a yoga practice for many years and I was doing some yin yoga which is really slow. One aspect of it is about like really stretching and being, you know, getting super flexible. But another aspect of yin yoga is just staying in positions for a really long time. And that's a really reflective space. And so it's a real good opportunity for us to listen to our intuition. And so as I was doing that yin yoga practice, and I'm also a big dreamer, So I listened to my dreams a lot, or I recorded my dreams. And there were some big dreams and some big insights from my yoga practice. And the thing that that always stands out is this dream of a horse like riding the ocean waves. (laughs) And to me, you know, everybody's dreams mean are, are personal and their meaning is personal. And so for me, that was you're using a lot of willpower to keep what's your conscious, like what's subconscious, like the ocean is the subconscious. You're using a lot of willpower to keep that down. And what my subconscious was trying to tell me and the things that I was hearing were about my sexuality. And so then through the support of an amazing friend and the support of my husband, who is willing to listen to things that are even uncomfortable, we had conversations and, you know, it just came out. What came forward was like, I'm interested in sex with women. And that had always been really taboo. And it was really uncomfortable for me to say. But the magic was, and I I didn't realize it at the moment, that was when I said that to my husband and my friend, that was the month that I got pregnant. And so all the support around me, the physical stuff was there and ready, but it was the emotional and energetic thing that needed to come through and I got pregnant. So uh, my first pregnancy was really great. It was easy. I loved being pregnant. You know, I felt this whole goddessy thing and I knew I wanted to have a home birth. I don't know why. (laughs) My midwife asked me, why why do you want to have a home birth? And I was like, I don't know. I like organic gardening. (laughs) I just knew. I knew that I felt safe. I knew that I felt that it was the right thing for me. And, you know, of course, plenty of people had their doubts and and shared things, but not like an overly share their fears or anything. And so I hired a midwife and we had an amazing birth experience. My first pregnancy and birth, you just had one midwife and her assistant and my husband. And I have one photograph from that labor and birth, which is a beautiful photograph. And so the labor itself was pretty straightforward. I had a birth tub, which I was happy to be in. And I was in and out of it. Labor progressed sort of normally. But I remember moments, there's like a couple of key moments during this birth. I was in the tub and I had a vision of a man, an adult man who's had had like a Jewish nose like my father and big curly hair like my husband. (laughs) And I just had that like flash of an image. I wasn't like, I didn't respond to it. I didn't like process it in the moment. I just had that image. And I think that happened during transition. So like 
first stage labor was straightforward, but then I pushed and I pushed and I pushed and I pushed. <laughs> I pushed for about three hours. And I think ultimately there is some like pelvic imbalance that was contributed to that, which happened in my second labor as well. But so I had been pushing for a long time and the midwife said, why don't you get up and go to the bathroom? Because we were in my bed. And she said, I'll let you go to the bathroom and have your privacy. And I just thought that was so funny. I was like, privacy? My legs are spread. Like you're looking at my vagina (laughs) for the last hour, two hours. Like, what do you need privacy for? (laughs) But it was useful. So I got up and I walked to the bathroom and I didn't even make it to the toilet. I got to the sink and I just had this huge wave. You know, I had that that sound that came up that was just really primal. Being at home, I had the windows open and I remember like I was screaming or like it was a loud sound and I was thinking, are my neighbors hearing me? <laughs> but I got to the sink and I made that list just like primal sound. And I was like holding onto the sink really hard. And and I, I yelled, the baby's coming. <laughs> and so the midwives came into the bathroom and my husband was standing in the bathroom with me. And as I was standing there, you know, sort of semi-squatting, hand squatting, holding onto the sink. In yoga, we call it like the kitchen sink stretch. <laughs> And before any, before he emerged, I said, it's a boy, just, you know, instinctually, it came out of my mouth. I didn't think about it. And then I felt the ring of fire <laughs> and that was intense. And then I looked down and as his head came out, a full head of dark brown hair and there's the testicles. And then she handed him to me up through my legs and I held him, I carried him. And then I walked back to the bedroom and sat down and I was like, oh my God, it's a boy. <laughs> and because I thought I had wanted a girl, I had hoped for, I was like planning for a girl. We only had girls' names. So it was a little bit fell shocked from just the fact it was a boy, but everything else was like amazing and beautiful. So there was a little bit of like incongruence, I think in that moment of just that not being prepared for, oh, it's a boy. I grew up with all girls. I, I'm, a, I'm friends with a lot of girls, like, didn't know what to do with the boy. And he, he's kind of been throwing me curveballs his whole life, and he's nine now. <laughs> so that was my first birth story of my older son, James. What beautiful wisdom, I have to just say, John, from your, you know, fertility journey and all the ways, body, mind, spirit, that you approach that. And then even in, you know, you brought that into your birth, knowing just so deeply where you wanted to give birth and just trusting that wisdom. That's that's a huge feat. I hope listeners, you're really taking that in because I think so often people may have a intuition, but don't trust it. So it's so beautiful to hear that in you in every way. So take us on now. Like when you were considering getting pregnant again, what was that journey like for you and that preparation? Well, can I say something about intuition first? Uh, yes. This is really one of the biggest things that I love teaching people about or how to access in my prenatal yoga classes. Intuition, it's it's one thing. Like there's, there's levels of it. 
one, we have to learn how to listen to our intuition. What does it sound like? What's the difference between intuition and fear? And then it's one thing to hear our intuition, but like you said, the magic happens when you follow through and you listen to your intuition. And that's that's the that's actually harder for most people is to really follow through with what their intuition says because a lot of times it's really scary and it's not what we want to hear. <laughs> but so yeah, I love the intuition is a big part of what I like to teach and practice in prenatal yoga in my childbirth class. Um, Thank you. Yeah. So with my second one, it was so in the process, like I was like, this birth was amazing. I want to help other people do this. So I trained to be a doula. I got my prenatal yoga certification, and I was also training with a Reiki master. And so I was, I had my Reiki one, maybe Reiki two, what do they call them? Attunements. And so I was practicing on my husband and I'm pretty sure that it was, so we weren't, we weren't really actively trying. I thought that I was going to need more herbs or like Chinese medicine or something. I thought that I was going to need preparation, but we were actually at a point where we were like, neither of us had like really consistent income and we just weren't sure what, where we weren't really stable, but I was practicing Reiki on my husband and I saw white doves fly out and I don't know, there wasn't anything specific, but I just like, I got pregnant that month <laughs> and we were kind of unstable, like I said, but actually, and so I got pregnant in October, November. And in January, he was offered a full-time job and like everything just really settled into place after that. And then it was like, well, I know how to, you know, this is going to be in a, the one hand, there's like an opportunity for repair. Cause I was like, well, I wanted to birth in the tub and why didn't I get to birth in the tub? Maybe this time I'll get to have a water birth. And what I came to understand afterwards is that the birth tub was not stable enough for me. I needed something solid to stand on. I needed to stand up to birth <laughs> and the tub wasn't strong enough for me because it was an inflatable tub. And so it was a very similar experience, except that I was super supported. I had a midwife, a midwife's assistant, a doula, photographer who is also a Reiki practitioner, my husband, my mother-in-law, who was our sibling doula and my son who was five at the time. <laughs> there was like a party in the house. And yeah, labor went smooth normally until I got to pushing. I pushed for three and a half hours again. <laughs> and gosh, the same thing sort of happens. Like I had to be in the bathroom. I was sitting over the, for a while I was straddling the toilet backwards, you know, and the midwives had kind of left me alone. And then they heard that like girl growl. And they were like, you know, I learned this after the fact, but like they said, oh, that's the sound <laughs> they were looking for. And so I stood up, I held onto the sink next to the tub or the, the toilet. And I, I, I did one more push and the midwife said, oh, the baby's head's out now. You just need one more push. And I was like, oh, I didn't feel the ring of fire that time. And so I, I reached down and I felt his head and then, you know, she caught him and she handed him to me and I sat down and I looked again, we didn't check, we didn't have, we didn't know what the sex was beforehand, but it was another boy 
And this time I was really happy about it. And so that was like my positive reparative experience. Like I was so happy to have a second boy and just the energy. I was just really blissful after that one. I mean, I I sat down on the toilet, I was holding him and I looked up and I just felt, you know, sweat and tears and snot all running down my face. But but it was all perfect. It was all so good. And I have lots of pictures of that bird. Yes. And those pictures are just stunning. So knowing that you had such a team, a community around you, you have a glow. And I'm sure you've had that in the first one. We just don't have them. But so beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. And my photographer, I have to give credit, was Katie Klein. So she's, she's in my local area in Greensboro. Thank you, Katie. So I know in all your preparation, and you did mention it in some things that you wrote, and I wanted to just ask you, do you feel there's a connection between what you need to feel safe in birth and for healthy sexuality? Mm, Yes, yes. Well, as you talk about, birth is sexual, and both of these things really, the intimacy requires safety. And, and I talk about safety in terms of the nervous system, right? It's, it's a big buzz right now, the nervous system and trauma. And because actually a lot of people are doing some really amazing trauma healing work through the nervous system, but it's the nervous system. It's a, it's a body up experience of safety, right? We can tell ourselves that we feel safe, but it's the body that's really responding to previous like habitual things. And that might be anxiety or it might be from previous trauma, but it's about learning how to feel safe in our bodies. And when we feel safe in our bodies, yeah, we can birth easily and sex is a lot more expansive, right? So when we have I don't want to get into too much like technical language, but when there's not too much fight or there's not too much freeze or collapse, that's when we feel safe and and good. And that's where we can experience pleasure. And when there's more, we call it the window window of tolerance. When that window of tolerance is bigger, the more, the bigger that window, the more pleasure we can experience. And so safety is sort of a prerequisite to to pleasure. Well said. Thank you so much for sharing that and talking about how much there is the ability to heal trauma too. We've been talking about that in other episodes, and I think it's always important to bring that in. You also say that birth is an initiation and it requires supported preparation, space holding, and integration. Can you talk more about that? Yes. I love that birth is initiation. And actually, women's bodies are primed for several initiatory experiences. Our physiology enables us to just by growing as like physiologically, we are capable of having these initiations. And so the first one is menarche. When we first start bleeding, that's an initiation. And actually, every single month when we bleed, when it's a true period that's not altered by clinical hormones, right? 
when it's a true period, that is really an initiatory experience as well. So every month we can prepare little by little, step by step, titrated for this huge initiatory experience of birth. But, and, and a, there is a lot of, a lot of what we feel like are initiations going on right now, I think in like ceremony and a lot of the idea of ceremony is say like ayahuasca or magic mushrooms, right? But in order to have a truly spiritual or like healing initiatory experience, we need to pre be prepared for what that experience is going to be about. And so we have to prepare for birth through through the childbirth classes, but also through life, right? Through conscious awareness of menstruation, through conscious awareness of our bodies, all there's many ways that we can prepare for the initiation. And in that preparation, we we get to understand here is the doorway that is being opened to me. And then in the initiation itself, in the process of birth and labor and birth, we're going deeper and deeper. We can go deeper and deeper into states of expanded consciousness, right? And that is where we access the initiation, the change, the shift, the thing that makes us, transforms us from the thing we were before to what is to come, and that is birth. And then, again, it's not done just at that moment. We have to integrate that experience. We have to process it. We have to be supported in understanding. I mean, there's that moment of change, but it ripples out slowly, slowly, and we need to be supported in that aspect of it too. So that's our the fourth trimester where we really need to be supported in understanding how we have changed. What what was the experience that I just went through? And a lot of times I think that in spiritual experiences, if you don't say out loud what it is you experience, it's like it didn't happen. But when you say it, that's what makes it real. That was my experience. This is what is real for me. That's part of the, the processing afterwards, after the initiation. So I think all three aspects of that are really important in birth. I couldn't agree with you more. And I love how you brought that together because I think we don't talk about it enough. We think about birth in kind of our current paradigm is just a day and not really the process. And as you say, the initiation, I used to call it the rite of passage, mm -hmm. that it is a significant life event and really, you know, calls us into these altered states. So is there one last thing that you'd like to share for listeners who are either pregnant or considering getting pregnant? What would be your last nugget that you would like to leave them with? Oh, I think we should leave them with the thing that you very first started out with, which is that you birth the way you live. So be conscious of, you know, how you are living right now and allow that those ripples to move you into healing or your meditation practice or whatever it is that allows you to feel good and safe and pleasure in, in the process of birth. Thank you so much, Dawn. And I know that people would love to be able to reach out to you, learn more about what you're doing and following you. Can you share where they can contact you? Yeah, I'm pretty active on Instagram. My handle is Sridon, S-R-I 
Dawn, and my website. My business is called Sacred Rhythms. So the website is sacred-rhythms.com. And I'd love to have you get on my email list. I have a free birth prep checklist and I have some free meditations on my website. So yeah, check out my website. Thank you so much. And I hope that everyone will go ahead and check out John's website, follow her on Instagram, and maybe tag us both. We'd love to know what your favorite um, takeaway is. How are you going to integrate Dawn's experience and wisdom into your preparation and planning? So we wish you all a pleasurable day and hope that you'll join us next time for another episode of the Orgasmic Birth Podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Deborah. Thanks for listening to the Orgasmic Birth Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to learn more about pleasure in birth parenting and birth work, visit orgasmicbirth.com forward slash more for my free gifts. And please leave a review about your experience. Reviews help us to reach more people and please subscribe. Thank you.